0: Welcome to The Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Good
1: morning, afternoon, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. I'm Skyblaze, and this is The Hidden Palace, broadcasting on a Saturday instead of a Wednesday for various reasons. Um, on that note, uh I have to give an apology to my listeners. I started a new job this week. And I've been working ridiculous hours. I think I worked out, I I worked like 60 hours this week. So on Wednesday I didn't realise until too late that I was meant to be broadcasting. Because I got so tied up with work. So my deepest apologies for that. And uh, if I screw up this week, you'll know the reason why. Because my brain is fried. But here we are. And this week I am going to be talking about the Sega Saturn, as I've threatened to do for ages. Now, The Saturn was launched in Japan on November 22nd in 1994, uh, and in North America on May 11th 1995. But that's not where the story starts. Development on the console started in 1992, and pretty much immediately there were some problems. There was an argument between Sega of America and Sega of Japan about the Saturn architecture. Sega of America wanted a graphics chip by Silicon Graphics, while Sony of Japan insisted on it all being based around a new chip by Hitachi. Sega of Japan ended up winning that particular fight. You might want to get used to hearing that phrase. Interestingly, Silicon Graphics ended up producing uh, graphics units for the Nintendo 64 whoops. Now, inexplicably, in 1994, Sega began work on the 32X Mega Drive add-on, despite the Saturn release being imminent at that point. There's various versions of the story about why, but some versions say that Sega worried that the Saturn would not be ready in time to compete with the Atari Jaguar. Anyone remember the Atari Jaguar? Didn't think so. So, needless to say, they needn't have worried too much. Right, I've been talking for a bit, so I think we should have some music. So I think we're gonna start out with some Fighting Vipers Megavix Bayside Blues.
2: live shows and the chance to request your favourites this is radiosega.net
1: Long. Right, uh, that was Fighting By Vipers Bayside Blues and Outrun Saturn version Splash Wave 1996 Arranged version. Uh, and I, as I said on the Discord chat, I have just this moment realised that uh, one of Netgear's moves in Hyper Dimension Neptunia, Slash Wave, is a reference to Splash Wave. Derp. Anyway. As the Saturn developed, it started to become pretty clear that 3D graphics were the way forward for video games. The upcoming Sony PlayStation, as it was at that point, had already shown off some pretty spectacular 3D tech demos. Well, spectacular for the time, you know what I mean. This put Sega a bit on the back foot, as the Saturn's capabilities were largely centred around 2D capabilities, which it was very good at. This is a bit odd, since it was Sega's own Virtua Fighter arcade game that got everyone in such a tizzy about 3D in the first place. So you'd think they would have been a bit more on the ball? Ho-hum. Sega's solution to this was to add an extra CPU and a graphics card to handle 3D capabilities in the Saturn. This created some complications. Because while multi-core and multi-GPU setups are pretty commonplace among PC users this way uh, these days um, not so much back then things like multi-threading hadn't really been invented so they made the system very very complex to program and develop for and it wasn't helped by the fact that a lot of the documentation that was available wasn't very good um, there are some reports that it was actually pretty poorly translated from Japanese. I don't know how accurate that is. Uh, I don't know if anybody who it was a developer back then. And then things got worse. And then and then a spanner by the name of Bernie Stolar fell into the works. I'll run about this more in a bit after I played some music because Wow. Some of this stuff, man. Some of this stuff. Enjoy some music. First up we've got uh, a track from Magic Knight... Right... uh, I can't say words. Magic Knight Rayearth on Saturn called Tragedy. Do you see what I did there? Ray-Earth Tragedy and Virtua Fighter Sarah. Hope you enjoyed those. Uh, Twinny in the Discord chat is asking for the part when he shows up. I know exactly who you mean Twinny and it's now. Bernie Stolar had previously worked for Sony Computer Entertainment America. He somehow ended up in the position of CEO of Sega of America Place of longtime CEO Tom Kalinske, who had overseen the Mega Drive Genesis era. Even though Kalinske had sometimes disagreed with Sega of Japan policies, he usually made good points about how the US mar- market differed from Japan and kept a pretty good relationship with uh, Sega of Japan and third-party developers. Bear that bit in mind, it will be important later. Starla immediately proceeded to institute his own so-called five-star game policy, which basically translated into him blocking or cancelling any game that he didn't personally like. This included most RPGs and most 2D games because he didn't like them and preferred sports games. Bearing in mind that sports games were in decline in the USA at that particular point in time. Uh, This has been backed up by a fairly recent interview with somebody who had worked with Stolar at that particular point and uh, did actually say no, he straight up hated RPGs. Wow. Now, considering that the Saturn's strength was in the 2D area, uh, and there were some great Saturn RPGs, that particular idiocy of Stolar's left the Saturn's American Library looking pretty weak and anemic. Shall I start the slow clap now, or or shall I wait till later in the show? All the people in the chat can do it for me. Uh, Green Viper said that uh, he didn't know who Twinny was talking about. Yeah, he meant Bernie Stowler. Yeah... It gets even better, by the way, but for now we're gonna have some more music before I get too angry and start spluttering. So a second incompetent Sega president who had an obsession with sports says Green Viper Eight. Mm, yeah, uh, Stolar was a special brand of moron though. As I'll, as I'll go into later. Uh, but for now, I'm going to play an awesome track because I'm going to play Daytona USA. Let's go away. Uh, see you all after the break.
2: sega music live shows and the chance to request your favorites this is radiosega.net
1: The Discord chat are being bullies to me, Uh, but Green Vipers in there, so this is no surprise. Um, That was uh, Daytona USA, Let's Go Away, and Guardian Heroes, the Heroes theme. Uh, The music from Guardian Heroes is great. Incidentally, if you do have a Saturn and you haven't played Guardian Heroes, you are doing yourself a disservice. It's a great game. Um, Anyway, back to the Saturn retrospective. Over in Japan, the Saturn was actually doing really quite well. An epic advertising campaign starring uh, Segeta Sanshiro, who, if you listen to Radio Sega, you should know who he is by now, uh, fueled sales of a console that was already doing pretty well from having a near-arcade perfect port of Virtua Fighter. In fact, in Japan, Saturn is Sega's best-selling console. And throughout the Saturn's life, almost half the units that were shipped, were shipped to Japan. It's like every every other Sega console launch in reverse, it's really weird. Uh, Sony PlayStation was getting nearer though, and that caused Sega management to sort of start to panic. Sega of Japan issued an edict that, or edict, that the launch of the Saturn was to be moved up from its original Autumn launch to May. Sega America executives tried to put a good face on it, but frankly, the launch was a disaster. Very few retailers had the console in stock due to the rushed launch. I think places like Walmart didn't even have it, which considering how many Walmart stores there are in the US, not great. And the ones that did, well, some of them jacked up the price because of the low stock numbers and the fact that they had it exclusively. Nice. Then Sony put the boot in at E3 that year. Steve Race of Sony came up onto the stage during the Sony press conference at E3, set his notes down on the podium in front of him, looked at the audience and simply said $299. Then he left the stage. That the PlayStation was going to be $100 less than the Saturn, was a fairly epic mic drop Wow I mean... Wow I, I, I got nothing, let's have some music Let's make ourselves feel better
3: 소리노 カラオケナンパにプラグ未練に取り組んでいるものがある you say you i
1: Sega Saturn Shira uh, All Rise, um, and Panzer de Groen Flight the Synthesized version, because I like synthesized music. Right, back to the topic at hand. So, the botched US launch of the Saturn served to alienate retailers, especially the ones who didn't actually get the Saturn in time for release, some of whom subsequently refused to actually stock Sega products. Nice one. uh, Retailers had already been a bit peeved with Sega over their abandoning of the 32X so soon after its launch. So this debacle didn't really help. Stella also continued to sour relations with um, pretty much everyone, ruining Sega's previously excellent relationship with third party developers. Recall here that Stoller had previously almost blocked Final Fantasy VII from leaving Japan when he worked at Sony. You know, one of the biggest selling video games ever made, that Final Fantasy VII. Why did Sega hire this guy again? I, I, I don't... well... wow. Stola basically shafted the Saturn to the point of going on stage at E3 1997 and saying, in public, Saturn is not our future I mean, wow I... 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 uh, This guy This guy This is not to say that there were not great games on the Saturn It's sad that not many of them made it to America, but some of them did the fact that the Saturn was so similar to the STV arcade board so Virtual Fighter, Panzer Dragoon Saga, Knights into Dreams, Guardian Heroes quite a few of which I've already played music from by the way but it lacked what we would call a true killer app. The failure and cancellas- uh, cancellation of Sonic Xtreme probably didn't help there. If you're curious about the story around Sonic Extreme, I've covered it in a previous episode. Uh, I can't remember which number it was offhand, I can probably look it up, so if you're curious, get in touch via Discord or Twitter and I will send you the link. So after that sadness, I think we should need something a bit more cheerful. Uh, I mentioned Nights Into Dreams, so I think we should have some music from it, or rather from an OC Remix of it. Uh, So this is Dreams Dreams Disco Nights Mix by Akuma Mako, Belmont and Level 99. (laughs) i <laughs> you She pointed out that I completely binned the pronunciation of the uh, the person who did that mix. I apologize uh, never mind because it's a spa- it's a it's a, it looks like it could be a spanish a similar Spanish word it's actually Japanese and my Japanese pronunciation is appalling so sorry, I made a mistake. It's been a long week. Where was I? Oh yes. Now the Saturn was discontinued in America and Europe in 1998 although it continued to be sold in Japan up until the year 2000 which was well into the Dreamcast's lifespan. That's how well the Saturn did over there. I, wow, okay. Now all in all the Saturn could have been a great console everywhere not just for Japan. If Sega had made fewer boneheaded decisions like, they could have not hired Bernie Stolar, that would have been a, a good fir- a good first step. Uh, has anyone got a time machine? Anyway. It might never have been able to match the PlayStation, which was such a juggernaut back in the late 90s. But it could have at least given the Nintendo 64 a run for its money. It had the capabilities to do it. Before Bernie Stolar ruined things, it had goodwill from third party developers. Granted the Saturn had a very complicated architecture but some of this stuff was truly revolutionary and the fact that the STVRK board was so close to it means that people must have been able to program for it. It just took a little bit longer and was a little bit harder. I don't know what to do about this one because it, it, it saddens me. Not as much as what happened with the Dreamcast later But because of a lot of the decisions that were made around things like the 32X and the Saturn Sega ended up in a bit of a financial hole And that is actually one of the reasons for the Dreamcast struggling so much Because Sega were in so much debt The Dreamcast would have had to have sold barnstorming numbers in order to really get them out of that particular financial ditch that they were in. One last note though, fairly recently, after 20 years, someone managed to crack the Saturn DRM, meaning that the aging consoles can at last be modded and therefore copied discs can be played on the system without needing to pay through the nose for very rare or imported games. So that means that Saturn has managed to catch up with Dreamcast users and how we, hi, have been uh, playing burned games for literal decades. Welcome to the club Saturn users. So Saturn must have had pretty effective DRM to make that an issue. Uh, I've been told that there aren't even that many Saturn emulators, there's like three very reliable ones and yeah, that's how complicated Saturn architecture was. Anyway, uh, is there anything in the chat? why assassinate all the political figures when we could have assassinated Stolar? Indeed, indeed. Um, Greenlight was saying that pseudosaturn would be great if it didn't electrocute myself while trying to install it. That's 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 special. Well done. How did you manage that? In fact, I'm not sure I want to know. I'm not sure I actually want to know. Uh, Doan's saying that SSF usually works for for them. Uh, I think that's one of the emulators I mentioned. Uh, So that's a recommendation for you I guess. If you don't actually have a Saturn, because they're relatively rare. I've seen a few kicking around. I think there's one in our local retro gaming shop now for... I think 40 pounds? 40 of your English pounds. Anyway, thank you everybody who has tuned in today, Uh, despite me changing days from Wednesday to Saturday, and changing times from 10 to 8. Um, I apologise for what happened on Wednesday, Uh, hopefully things will calm down with work now and I can actually do things properly. Um, I hope you've enjoyed today's show, Uh, I'm going to close out with a couple of more tracks. going to close out with Radiant Silvergun debris arranged version and Go Go Sega Rally so I will see you next time hopefully next Wednesday if something changes uh, check Radio Sega Twitter uh, Facebook and uh, the Radio Sega blog and I will keep you updated or you can follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at Blazing Skies I post about politics sometimes as well as video games Thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you to the people in the discord chat, people on Twitter, people on Facebook. I will see you next time. If you have any suggestions for stuff that you want to cover, please get in touch with me. And this is Radiant Silver Gun Debris, arranged version, and go go Sega Rally. I've been Skyblaze, this has been the Hidden Palace. Good night.